Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 Show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my California dreaming girlfriend, <laughs> Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's May 30th, 1997, and we... We got some sun yesterday. Hey. Yeah. Carol got some redness. I don't understand how, and it's not fair. We were all outside, right. but I'm the only one that got burned. Because you have the fair skin. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. Correct. Right. You know, that line is actually magic mirror on the wall. Oh. Okay. That's an off-misquoted line. Interesting. I hope one day it doesn't lead a bunch of delusional people to feel that they're in an alternate universe. <laughs> that would be a weird response to a misquoted line. It would be. Uh, so <laughs> you, but yeah, you got you got some redness in your in your decolletage. Is that what they call that? Yeah, and my nose. Mm. Your face a little bit too. Yeah, my eyes hurt. Not too bad, though. Like, not lobster red. No. We went to play miniature golf. And it took two hours because (laughs) my little niece took ten strokes at least at every hole, and there were 19 of them. Yeah. 18 (laughs) of them, but yeah. Whatever. The 19th hole is the bar. Right. It was fun, though. It was a fun day. Yeah, it was a fun day. And Mark surprised me with a party. I did. A surprise birthday party. Yeah. My birthday has had like multiple celebrations over multiple days. It's been very nice. You deserve it. Aw. You're so sweet. You only turn 21 once or another age once. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Each of the years you only turn once. Well, I think uh, 21 every year is a good good idea. That's right. I feel like I'm 21, and that's it. (laughs) Okay, Grandpa. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of grandpas, let's talk about 90210. You know, sometimes your segues just don't work. (laughs) Well, Grandpas wrote this, I assume. Sure. (laughs) Based on everything that happens, this is a very Grandpa episode. Okay. Not following, but okay. All right, well, so Milton Burrow is in an old age home, and he has dementia. Okay, that's not this episode. <laughs> there is an episode like that. I will give it to you. There was only, there, that's the only episode I could think of that fit, fit my segue. <laughs> no, okay, so this episode is... Must about- be a guy thing. Yeah. Because... They wrote out a list in the in the paper. Hey, girls, uh, these are all guy things. This is why guys suck. <laughs> and there's a top ten list, a, a David Letterman style top ten list. I can't. Do you remember any of them? No. I remember number one. Okay, what was number one? Number one was expecting to score on the first date. Yeah, she brought that up a couple times. Uh something about having a beer pyramid like a beer can pyramid or or like uh you know girly posters on the wall or something like that and steve and brandon are like well, art is subjective 
That's just called like a frat house. Come on. Exactly. There was, I don't know, there were other ones. Obviously, there were eight other ones, right. if my math is correct. But I don't remember all of them. Most of them were pretty stereotypical. Yeah. Well, but I would say point. most of them were fairly close, though, when you're talking about college dudes. Yeah. College bros. Yeah, well, Brandon wants to get on the school paper. He does. He Just, doesn't want to be president anymore. He's done with politics. Basically, he, he looked right at the camera and said, my, my, my arc as a politician is over, everyone. <laughs> we've, uh, we've concluded my politician arc, and now I want to go into my, I'm going to be a reporter arc. I think that he would be a better reporter anyway, though, don't you? Yeah, he's not, he's not a good politician. Mm-mm. He he doesn't do what, as well with people as he should. He has those investigating reporting skills. You know, he was able to print that GIF off the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, so he goes and talks to the editor, and for whatever reason, she... John Keats's great-granddaughter, Susan Keats. Who? John Keats is a poet. Uh-huh. Thanks for playing. Cool. <laughs> Um, she's not very like excited about having him join the paper, and <laughs> that is the understatement of this show. But here's of anything that's ever been stated on this show. She comes in and she's like, "Get the fuck out!" <laughs> yeah, she does not like him. We don't she like does you. Like him? Yeah, that's one of those. It's 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 the Sam and Diane dynamic. I don't know. No? I think she's a little bit more obvious about liking him. Well, I mean, yeah, that it became more obvious with with Diane as the show went on. Okay. But it's it's the I hate you but I love you kind of thing. I guess we'll see. Where they slap each other in the face and <laughs> and uh he, Sam says uh are you as turned on as I am and she says more and then they start making out. How long do you think it's going to take before she ends up in the desert though? <laughs> Before she's never seen or heard from again. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she could just be like a replacement for Andrea. That's the impression that I got. Andrea, I believe, was similarly dismissive of him when he wanted to be on the, whatever, the the blaze. Yeah. The blaze. (laughs) I think you're correct. But yeah, so he wants to be a columnist. Right. And good luck, buddy. What is it like they get into some kind of competition? Okay, so he he wants to be a columnist. She's like, Yeah, freelance columns pay fifty bucks or whatever, three hundred words or less. We base on merit, not reputation, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and she's really she really says Pretends like she hates him. Yeah. And so he's like, no, I want to be a regular columnist. And she's like, no, we're not hiring. Let me, you know, you haven't been, you haven't been here once when you were president. You never came in here. You never talked to anybody except for the editor. And the editor. Remember his buddy, the Josh, I think, or whatever. They started off hating each other then they became friends. Then he died in a fire. Yeah. He was the editor. I think that's who she's talking about. Okay. She also uh, mentioned how much time he spends with the chancellor, which I think everybody knows he's just up his butt all day long. Apparently, yeah. It must be nice to be free of that. Yeah, no kidding. But anyway, so um, she 
she's like all dismissive of him. So he comes in with an article, must be a girl thing. And it's a list of, do you remember any of these? No. <laughs> I remember number one again. Okay. Number one was only care, doesn't care about anyone's opinions, but her own. Basically, this isn't like, his list is much more specific and less generalized. His his list is basically about her. Right. His impressions of her. Yeah. Not women on campus in general. And so she's like, he's like, let me see if you, you put your money where your mouth is to do it on merit, because this is the best fucking article <laughs> ever written. And she's like, okay. Then they get in, they get into this pissing match where she is like He's basically, he says, guys, girls are just as bad as guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of them is pretending they don't want it as much as guys do. <laughs> because Brandon's theory is that girls want it as much as guys do. I mean, I think that's pretty much true. Not always. I think it's true for for uh, probably a majority yeah. of, of girls, I would say, that they want it as much as guys or women or whatever. And then, like, he invites her to come to the club to, like... Observe. Yeah. To observe men and women in the wild and to... The, the This is maybe the most underwritten part of the entire episode because they don't, they don't establish any stakes. There is no I win, I get this, you win, you get this. Right. They also don't establish any parameters... For this bet. No. Let's go and observe guys and girls in the wild and see which one's worse. <laughs> Based on what metric, I don't know. And then Brandon's like, so it's a date. And she's like, no, it's a whatever research or whatever. And then they go and hang out. And she gives the come on look to this meathead looking dude. Yeah, she totally does. It's entrapment. Who comes up to her and says the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you have a mirror in your pockets? Yeah, this is so bad. Because I can see myself in your pants. So bad. By the way, she's wearing a dress. <laughs> so you even fuck up your own lame line. You can't you can't say panties. You can't like you can't switch it up in any way. Right. Like this dude just had this line at the ready. This is a guy that that knows one line and is machine gunning it to every girl. To see who laughs. I can't imagine that any girl would laugh. I can't imagine that line working on anyone. You don't think you don't think it'd work on you? Hell no. It's an awful line. It's so stupid, right? It's yeah, it's ridiculous. What about does your head hurt? Because you, when you fell from heaven, it's not as bad as the mirror in the pocket, but it's not good. Do you know any other? Have you heard of any bad pickup lines? Like before we started dating. Or even now, because I'm sure you still get hit on when you're out. Can you think of any like terrible pickup lines or any good ones? No, I mean like I, I haven't really had too many guys like hit on me like that. I disagree, but <laughs> I think you're being modest. No, I, I mean I can't think of anybody using any lines. Yeah, I, I think lines like that. I think are pretty much. Designed for TV shows. Yeah, I don't think people actually act like that in the real world. One of my friends, his greatest pickup line is he walked up to a group of ladies and he goes, so ladies, uh, what do you think was better, the uh, Flintstones cartoon or the live action movie? 
How is that a pickup line? I think it's funny. Like, well, it's just, it's a pickup line in a way that it's just a way to, like, open a conversation with a group of strangers. It's an icebreaker. There's a big difference between an icebreaker and a come on. Yeah, but his specific purpose is to start talking to them. Mm-hmm. I think, and you might be right, but I think those kind of things are better, more effective than, you know, your standard pickup line. What's your sign? Or that's a, an old one. But, you, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You come here often. Um, how do you like your eggs? <laughs> that's a bad one, too. Scrambled, fried, or fertilized. Oh, jeez. Um, Ew. Uh. Are those jeans, are those space jeans? Because your ass is out of this world. So the two of them are You know hanging. the rejoinder for that? What? No, they're baseball jeans because they're out of your league. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> so if anyone, women, if anyone ever says that to you, that's the, that's the snappy comeback to put a, a guy in his place. I like it. Yeah, I don't think pickup lines work very often. You've got to be ridiculously good looking for a pickup line to work, and then it works in spite of the pickup line. Right. You're so good looking that it doesn't matter that you <laughs> you gave a lame pickup line. That's what I think. Um, did you... I don't know. They were just standing next to each other up against the wall. Yeah, it was weird. And it seemed like they were together. Uh-huh. So I don't... I, if she hadn't given that one guy a look, he would never have come up to her, and I don't really think that was the best... Uh, anthropologic uh, right. exercise because who's going to approach a couple? Right. And nobody went, came up to him probably because they're standing next to each other. Yeah. And like, like I said, it's the most underwritten. It's the stupidest thing in the world. Their storyline is non-existence. Yeah. It's get into a fight at the, whatever the condor, I think it's called the condor and then stand next to each other at a wall in the peach pit after dark and flirt a little bit. And that's it. And then, and then they have a scene outside afterwards where they're like, where um, apparently they come to the conclusion, oh, I guess men and women are you know, equally whatever. Yeah. I guess it's equal. <clears throat> it was dumb. Do you want to have another date? And she's like, no, 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 no. But you can be a columnist, but I'm going to pretend I don't like you because we've got to stretch this out. Yeah, Ross but- and Rachel are really popular right now. So we've got to <laughs> stretch this out as far as possible. But then, you know, she stares at him with her mouth hanging open and drool coming out, like, every time she sees him. It's gross. Yeah. When she get, finally gives him his column and he leaves, this female reporter or editor, editorial assistant or whoever she is, comes in and she's like, uh, you know, like, I don't well, I can't remember what she says. She's like, uh, oh, you know, he's so infuriating or whatever, you know, and... and um he's like the other woman's like uh, he's got a cute butt too or something like that yeah yeah they definitely talk about his butt whatever it is is that a a male part of the body that women focus on do you think yes really Mm -hmm. why why not i I don't know i mean like why do guys look at girls butts yeah that's a good point they're attractive ish for some reason okay how's my butt i love your butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) so okay so the other kind of crappy storyline was steve (laughs) yeah and (laughs) 
He's all proud. We're starting with the we're starting with the shit storylines, everybody. Yes, yes. Don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> but he's all proud of the schedule that he made for himself, where he has all classes that start after eleven. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's it. He doesn't have. He has a four day weekend every week and no morning classes. I want to know how you do that. I certainly haven't ever been able to. In most in most schools that I know, most colleges that I know. Classes are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one hour. Tuesday, Thursday, hour and a half. Because you need to have three hours of class for, you know, for it to be three credits or whatever, um, which is a standard class. So I don't know how you do that where you only have, like, does he have a, a three-hour Wednesday class? He might. They do have sometimes do the full three hours in one sitting. It's yeah, three or four hours rough. for a three or four um, credit <clears throat> class. Yeah, so maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's doing two a uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and then one. So he's taking, I mean, basically a full schedule, I guess, but like the low end of a full schedule. Yeah. But for some reason, then this triggers the guidance counselor to pay attention to his grades. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, yeah. They, they never follow up on the fact that, like, he's supposed to be some sort of fucking genius because they got shit wrong mm-hmm. when he first comes in. They think he's some kind of prodigy because his test. He scored way, you know, like, in the test and everything, and he's supposed to be some sort of prodigy, and they never they never address that again until he's like, oh, your grades are doing very good here, and I pulled your grades in high school, which why he wouldn't have looked at those before, I have no idea. Well, I mean, he would have, but, like, why is he looking now? Yeah. He's like, oh, you suck. Yeah, basically, he's like, there's no way you got the score. So remedial math for you. So then he has remedial math in the mornings, like, four days a week or something. Yeah, every day. Five days a week Five days? What the fuck is that? That's No class is five days a week. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) That is ridiculous. (laughs) That's like high school shit. Right. So he's got that, and he's pissed off, and he wants to be able to pass math so that he doesn't have to take this shit anymore. So that's his punishment for cheating on his entrance exam. (laughs) It's remedial math. I never thought about that. I mean, it seems like they would kick him out normally, I would think. (laughs) You would think. But, you know, it's now to a no, so... And he's rich, so I'm sure his dad donated a fucking building to the, right. to the school or something. So he interviews a bunch of people and is trying to find somebody who will go to class for him and pass his test for this him. This is the stupidest montage ever, by the way. Because <laughs> he interviews a stereotypical geek dude mm-hmm. who's like, oh, that's, a, that's unethical. I'm, I'm not going to cheat for you. That's unethical. I won't do that. Right. And... So then the next one is a very attractive, like, blonde woman who's like, what, I'm supposed to do to you? Yeah. Like, what the what's... fuck? Does she, can she not read? Apparently. <laughs> like, what the hell? She thinks he's going to tutor her? I guess. I don't know. It's ridiculous. He wants to do something to her. <laughs> and then the last one is a very racist yeah. depiction of an Asian uh, gentleman. You know, they're all good at math. And he's like, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. And to every question, he says, oh, yes. At one point, Steve's like, I'm going to do math on Mars. Does that sound good? Oh, yes. And it's like, oh, he can't speak English, but he read your ad. Right. 
That's ridiculous. Like, why is he there? Why is he going to school there if he can't speak English? I mean, unless he's right. only taking English as a second language, right. what the fuck? In which case, why can I only say, oh, yes? <laughs> yeah, it was really dumb. All of it. Yeah. But eventually, when he's whining about how he can't find a tutor, uh, Claire volunteers to tutor him. So I'm sure that something's going to end up happening there. Now they're going to end up fucking. I hope so. <sighs> you do? Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Why? Because they would be a terrible match. Well, I agree. So why do you want it to happen? I don't know. Why do you want uh, Valerie and Brandon to end up together? Because they would I think wouldn't. Claire needs some good dicking. That's- oh, jeez. <laughs> So you just want to live vicariously through Steve, I got it. No. No. Um, I don't know. Like, they're both nice. Like, Steve's nice now, despite his sometimes racist attitude. I guess. And Claire's supposed to be super-duper smart. Well, and he's an idiot, so. <laughs> she could just boss him around. That's the perfect person for him, I think. Okay. Someone who's not too smart. Um... What else is going on? She, by the way, she proposes twenty dollars an hour, I believe, as her fee. Yeah, and he says, "How much for topless?" <laughs> He's such a chauvinist. I don't think they're going to get together, though. I really don't. I, ho- I, I really hope not. I think they'll have uh, some storylines together. They'll become better friends, but I don't think they're going to get together. We'll they're determined to not get anyone with Steve. You think he's just going to be alone? Steve never gets a girl. I still think he and Kelly should end up together. I do too. I think they're. I think I agree. I think they make the most sense together. They're both idiots. They're both, they're <laughs> she both is blonde. not an idiot. They're both somewhat good looking, I guess. Yeah. Steve's gotten better looking. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Poor Ian Searing. <laughs> there's just no with that hair. There's just no way. All right. Maybe if he goes bald someday, then oh, he could be attractive. Fingers crossed that you go bald one day. <laughs> Inzering. So Kelly's boyfriend, yes, Colin. I really just don't like Colin. Is finally introduced to the gang because remember he missed her birthday party, so he's not met anyone yet. Yeah. And then it turns out that him and Valerie already know each other, yeah. and she leaps up and hugs him and is very excited to see him. And Kelly looks like she's going to murder her. Oh God! They 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 close up on her face. Yeah, I just think Jason Priestley closes up on her face. He directed this episode. Um, that's one thing I noticed about this episode. Is there's a lot of just close up reaction shots. Hmm. I think that's a sign of an inexperienced director. I know he's directed several episodes of this show, but I think he needs to. Broaden his directorial horizons. Wow. Well, no, no offense to uh, Jason Priestley. There. <laughs> Let's just criticize his directing. I'm sorry. I can only call it like I see it. So it turns out that Valerie and Colin mm-hmm. were in Europe together a couple of years ago. Yeah. And a couple of years ago when she was 15. Okay. Several years ago. But I think they're supposed to be, she's, Kelly's 21. So I think. The rest of them are around the same age. So right. yeah, five, six years ago. But here's my issue with this, okay? Kelly moved there from Buffalo, New York. Buffalo. And prior to that, I believe she lived in Minnesota. Minnesota. And that's yeah. where like they knew the Walshes. Correct. 
I, got all I don't think that her family was rich. It doesn't appear so, no. And yet, she was bumming around Europe at 15? It was some kind of school trip. All right. Yeah, Buffalo, New York famously sends their kids to <laughs> Sure. Because it's the most cosmopolitan city in New York. No offense, Buffalo, New York, but <laughs> I've been to your city, and I have never felt more unwelcome than anywhere in the world. Wow. I'm just saying. You guys keep to yourselves. You're like you're like the we don't like your kind around here type of city, from my experience. Sorry about all the Super Bowl losses, Buffalo, New York. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I guess like our the high school in Redford, yes, sends their marching band to Europe every year. Hell yeah, they do. So I mean, I guess it's not that and their marching weird. band pays the bills. Okay, I assume I don't know. I don't know anything about Redford. I don't know either. Other than it's down river. No, it's not. It's not down river. What is it's not? No. Remarkable Redford's not down river? Nope. What am I thinking of? Richmond? I don't know. I didn't even know there was a Richmond in Michigan. Trenton, Taylor. Those are down river. Sure. Wyandots. Also down river. Anyway. Down down the Detroit River, everyone, just so you know. <clears throat> anyway. Nice local reference. <laughs> um so later we find out that while nothing had happened on this trip, correct, uh, Valerie had a huge crush on Colin. Yeah, Colin was fucking other women apparently on the trip. Yeah, and she was like chubby back then. It sounds like too. Like, well, I guess they said like twenty pounds heavier, fifteen pounds heavier, which is not not that not that big. If you ask me, <laughs> right. not on her. <laughs> and she had braces. It just like so they're trying to paint some kind of picture of Tiffany Amber Thiessen where she's not hot as hell. Which but anyone funny. who's seen Saved by the Bell just about to say knows that that was not the case. Just about to say, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she then she hires Colin to paint a mural in the Peach Pit after dark. Yeah, and Kelly basically accuses her of like manufacturing this. But it was Colin's idea. Colin comes and looks. He's she's just looking around. They're talking and everything. And he's like, oh, look at this wall. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. And she, he's like, no, you see a wall. I see a... Because she goes, yeah, it keeps the ceiling off the floor. Right. And he's like, you see a wall. I see a blank canvas. And, you know, this, he's talking about this mural and everything. And she's like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. But, yeah, Kelly is like, oh, my gosh, you know, what are you going to do with him here all the time? And yeah. Kelly's pissed. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is understandable. I mean, she has been known to fuck blonde women's boyfriends. So. Right. And um, then at one point she tells Colin about how she just wanted to kiss him so bad when they were on this trip. That's the, the biggest regret of her life. or No, her dream. Her only dream. So ridiculous. Like, yeah. Come on, lady. And, uh, you but, know, he, of course, obliges and makes her dream come true. He gives her a church-like closed-mouth kiss on the lips, but still, closed-mouthed. Yeah, I It guess. didn't look hot. No, it wasn't a hot kiss, but he still kissed her, and he should not have. Oh, I agree. He still cheated on Kelly. So. She said it, but that's it. And he's the one that, that did it. He's the one that, that kissed her. Now, she kissed him back, but still, no good. Hit bad on his part, man. So you you blame him more than her? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, because he he didn't have to kiss her. He could have just been like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> or yeah, sorry about that. Nice I got a girlfriend to, uh, here there. Right? Yeah, earlier in the episode, he's talking about, "Oh yeah, she had braces and all this shit and everything." And Kelly's like, "Well, she's grown up." In case you haven't noticed, and he goes, oh, "I noticed." <laughs> right. <laughs> Not a thing you want to hear from your boyfriend. No. <laughs> and then, what else? What else? What happened in this show? This was not a very good episode. Ray. It was not a good episode. No. Yeah. It Ray was, is the other thing in the episode. It bordered on boring, and it was very unmemorable. Granted, it has been two days, so sorry, guys. Must be a guy thing. Right. It wasn't a good episode. No. Trust me. So Ray gets. The opportunity to perform in front of some record label dude because Donna arranged it. No. no. So what happened? Well, yes. But what happened was is she goes, remember that, that woman that lost her ring on the yacht? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Well, she think I you know, stole something else? And she's like, no, no, no. You stole her attention. No, <laughs> she was so happy that she got her ring back that... I found out that her her husband is an executive at some fucking. Why are all the like, record company? Why are all these record company executives boring middle aged white dudes? Because those are the rich people in America, that, I guess. But that's who controls the music. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that rap label was the funniest fucking thing ever. Remember? <laughs> yes. Um. But anyway, so more black owned rap labels, please. But uh, so she. Or he, yeah, Donna's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to have him come to the Peach Pit after dark, and then you can play there and everything. And he's working as a welder, which he was touring. Yeah. I don't understand. When did he get this welding job? Why is this his job? What <laughs> happened to the pumpkin patch? The fuck is going on? Yeah, that's... It's September. They should be getting ready for Halloween. That is true. It is weird. I mean, I guess like he's not touring anymore, and he has been playing at the Peach Pit, so he has to do something, but... Why hasn't he been playing at the Peach Pit? They brought him back so he could play at the Peach Pit every night. D- did they, though? Yes. That's why Valerie brought him back. Well, yeah. That's Doesn't weird. make any sense. Oh, whatever. The show is often not, like, I don't know, following its storyline. No, it's continuities all over the place. Yeah. But anyway, so he's going to play Saturday night. So they they come up there. And uh, by the way, want to point out, uh, the guy, the dad, the record executive, mm-hmm. is uh, the same principal from Buffy the Vampire, so they got eaten. Yes. <laughs> now, this obviously was before, because we're two years behind. So obviously, it was before Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out, but still very funny. Principal Flutie. Yeah. So, yeah, and they bring, like, a spoiled rotten child from uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I want a record contract now, Daddy! <laughs> right? <laughs> And it turns out that she is the one that Ray has to impress. Yeah. That's so stupid. It's the richest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is such a rich person thing. Uh, oh, you, you want my bag of money? You've got to impress my eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Fucking losers. Now, here's the highlight for me for this episode, was we get to see Ray play. Yes. And it's as awful as I imagined it would be. We got to see Ray play for the first time ever. Well, since, you know, he's saying to little children. <laughs> yeah, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. <laughs> thing, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he plays. It's terrible. So that's why they don't have him do that. <laughs> you know what they should have done? They should have just played uh, a recording of that. You doing that thing you do. 
That song was actually good from that movie. Right. But anyway, so they, when did we do, was that this year or was that last year? I don't, I don't know. I think it was this year. We've done so many shows. Right. Um, But yeah, so he plays It's Terrible, but everyone pretends like it's good. And the little girl's like, yeah, I love it. He's like, oh, he's got a contract. And it's like, I don't understand any of this. Mm-mm. Why even write this little girl character? He didn't have to do anything special to impress her. Like, it, it didn't turn out that, like, she had seen him at that Halloween thing and, like, liked him already. There was no connection to anything that was not an obstacle ever. <laughs> not more of an obstacle than you've got to impress this record executive. Well, I mean, she was bored and upset because he didn't have beverages and snacks in his dressing room. So, I mean, I guess that was supposed to be some kind of tension that she might not like him because of that. I guess. <laughs> That's a reach. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. But it turns out, no problem, she likes him. Yeah. So, it's all good. And he's going to get fucking signed to a record contract. So, maybe he'll get to sleep with Ariel like David did, and then... Uh, get crabs. And then we won't have to deal with it anymore. I still think it's hilarious that Ariel gave someone crabs. Yeah. Under the sea. That is funny. Um, she had red hair, too. Yeah. Yeah, what was her name? Carrie Warher. Um, but yeah, so who knows what will happen there? I don't think it's the same record label, though. I don't know. I just want the record label to take him away. I agree. So, like Calgon, right? And speaking of redheads, I think she has red hair, reddish blonde hair. We have one more storyline, Carol. We do, Dylan. Oh yeah, Dylan has discovered. That Tony Machete's daughter, or Tony Marchetti's daughter, or whatever, has a child that goes to California University, also named Tony Marchetti. The dude's named after his old man, as uh, fucking Dylan says. He gets into the thing, and they call Tony Marchetti, and upraises the hand of an attractive, blondish, red-haired woman. Okay, it sounds like you added a generation that's Tony Marchetti's daughter. Yeah. Okay, then I just did not follow what I you said. I said child. It sounded like you said that his child had a child. I don't know. It was No, weird. I was I was hiding the fact that it turns out to be a girl. Yeah, he thinks it's a boy and it's not. Because the name's Tony, but it's Tony with an I. Because it's short for Antonia or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's not even attending school there. He runs into Brandon who's like, hey, what are you doing here? All right. And he won't, he won't tell him because that's what he's doing. He's stalking this dude's daughter. Right. Although he thinks it's the son. Yeah. He wants to get close. Well, he does tell Brandon. Brandon's like, what's the plan here? Become friends with the guy's son uh, and then uh, murder his dad? He's like, yeah, pretty much. So he does become friends with uh, the daughter. Yeah. And she wants to be more. Oh, yeah. She's holding his hand. They go to, they go to the peach pit after dark and they're, they're touching hands. Well, he is absolutely, at one point, at the regular Peach Pit after the concert, they're all sitting there, and, and Brandon's there, and she grabs Dylan's hand as they're talking, and Brandon looks at them holding hands, looks up at Dylan with a face like, you're not going to fuck the daughter of the guy you're going to kill, and Dylan looks back with, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. She's another one that seems a little spoiled, and she has a bodyguard that he had to find a way to navigate around. 
Yeah. Well, and then they're in afterwards. They're in her limo. They're making out before he leaves, and the dad's up there watching. Creepy. Yeah. And he looks at the bodyguard and he's like, "Who is that kid uh, that she's with?" I was like, oh, "I don't know, somebody that goes to her school." And he's like, "Yeah, find out everything you can about him." So Dylan's an idiot. Part two, right? Exactly. First, first he follows this guy into his office, and this guy's bodyguard has to intercept him. Right now, he's making out with his daughter in the driveway, and this bodyguard's gonna like stalk him and find out who he is. Yeah, and he doesn't have a a prepared like fucking alias or anything like that they're gonna see the name mckay and be like oh yeah i mean if he killed his dad i'm i'm still not convinced just based on the 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 word of one dude in prison that he killed his dad i'm still not convinced that he's actually the murderer of his father but we'll see and honestly had he not tried to uh stalk her dad first he could even maybe try to play dumb that she you know they just happened to date each other weird coincidence right but I think the layers that are happening here is just too incriminating, and he is fucked. Agreed. Well, that's what he's hoping. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have no problem there. Right. He's the kind of guy that could uh, could give a bad cheesy pickup line. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you think I? You don't think he could overcome that in real life? I don't know if anybody, as I said, could use that particular line that was Brad so Pitt? bad. Nope. If Brad Pitt came up to a woman and said that, <laughs> you don't think that uh, a woman, woman would be like, get the fuck out of here, Brad Pitt? I don't know. Come I on. mean, he could probably just read the dictionary or whatever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Brad Pitt would have to come up and be like, I have incurable VD. Right. And even then. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll take the chance. So I think that was all. That's it. Okay. That is the episode. So you guys can uh, write us at latefee1994.com. Uh-huh. Check out the website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.